You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. I think the the bottom line is to always remember, if you know that not everyone is like you and not everyone will like you, you will be good. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor, and we are capping off a 12-week series on incorruptible love going through the book of Ephesians, and I am joined by two special guests. First, we have Communications Director Paulina De La Fuente in the house. Paulina, thanks for being here. Hey, glad to be here. And we're joined by Lead Pastor Jose Abaroa. Jose, thanks for being here. Taylor, good to be here. Great to have you. Love to give you the first word as you delivered a great message this past Sunday, talking about friendship as we cap off the book and yes, the series. I gave, uh, I gave a preview, or I, I really talked about this during the message, how I was ready to gloss over this final section yeah. and maybe do a recap uh, message. But then these last few verses, it really captivated me on, in how Paul sent Tychicus and used that friendship to teach me a lot about what it looks like to be known and and uh, yeah, going through these points. So I, it's one of the things that I love most about the Bible. You can be reading something one day and it just comes out at you and it uh, helps you in whatever season you're in right then and there, and then years can go by and you can read that same very passage and it can teach you a whole new thing. So it is most definitely alive and active and um, you know practical for, for us in, in, in our life. That's good. I love, before we jump into kind of what it looks like as far as studying uh, Paul's friendship with Tychicus, I'd love to kind of talk about the two kind of opening problems you highlighted. The first yeah. one is loneliness. And I love the stats you shared, uh, just even sharing that 36% of people have recently experienced uh, frequent loneliness or isolation. And then that number goes up a lot. Uh, for 18. I'm, I'm laughing or grinning because you said, I love the stats that you shared, which you don't love the <laughs> stats that I shared because they're not good stats. Yeah, well, they're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I meant. Uh, but these are, these are good true. stats because yeah. it just puts a, puts a number to um, a, a big problem. And yet I love the quote that you said here. You said, God wants to use his people to be good friends for a lost and lonely world out there. Yeah. And so as we talk about this, I'd love to get y'all's first thoughts on this, not just as we dive into what it looks like to be a good friend, but just even just even what y'all have seen just in the relationships around you and just even in this day and age, Jose, you mentioned even with COVID, just how that has changed a lot of dynamics with loneliness over the last few years. So what does that look like for y'all and just even the people around you? And why do you think it's so significant? We've talked about a lot of things in this series. So why do you think it's important that we also talk about uh, friendships as well? Yeah, well, Paul is, is speaking to an actual church, this group of people in Ephesus. They're um, growing in their faith. And in this time, God, uses Paul in these words to not only edify them and teach them, but to teach the church forevermore, you know, through since that time. And um, personally, I learned about the importance of friendship and being together through COVID. It was so important for me. I mean, you know, the three of us went to work every Sunday during, during the beginning stages. Remember those days two years ago where we recorded here in front of a, an empty um, church for a few for a few weeks, and um, it was so important to stay in touch and in communication with one another to support and care and and do all of those things as a team. So I'm grateful for y'all's friendship and 
And also I know that uh, as believers, if, if we're not befriending others out there, then it, it's hard to find uh, friends that want to go deep. And um, yeah, we, we, we're called to be the people that uh, should know how to care for others. And, and so we, we got to go. Mm. Yeah, those stats make me think how of a common experience experience loneliness is. And it's not that I feel like we all just have that, you know, and we have to counteract it and work against it and do it God's way to not experience loneliness. Otherwise it really is, I think, common for living in this world. And I think of, I mean, how crazy you mentioned friendships and not going deep. And it's so true. Like I forget, I take for granted how deep even like, uh, not as close of friendships are when they're with brothers and sisters in Christ versus when it's other people that I really, really love, but that aren't believers and how God's way, even in friendship is so much deeper, you know, and we just get to, both friendships are important, but just to highlight that it really is so important yeah. to have that depth that we don't have elsewhere. Yeah, that's that's a really good point here. And that's the second point, the problem you mentioned, just those shallow friendships and how those really do tie in uh, together. Let's jump into this passage here in Ephesians 6, starting uh, verse 21 here, as we unpack those kind of four keys to friendship as we look at Paul's example and friendship with Tychicus here. And the first one is caring. And Jose, you mentioned kind of as a sub uh, title or description for this is locally and personally and knowing how you're doing. Um, I think there's so many things we could unpack here as far as just what it looks like to practically care for people. I think, at least in my life, it really starts to come down to a heart posture as far as just having a, a, a or a caring heart for people. We'll talk about compassion in a second, but, but a caring heart. And uh, one of the things that you mentioned, Jose, was just this idea that just consistently caring for someone, even when you get to know them more and you get to know uh, the great things about them and the not so great things about them, and you may have experienced hurt. And so how do both of y'all just continue to have a heart for caring for your friends, even when it gets hard to do so? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sitting next to two good friends. You guys know my uh, quirks and, and personality traits that that may be annoying at times. And and I think the the bottom line is to always remember um, someone told me this, uh, I know who Rob taught me this many years ago. He said that if you know that not everyone is like you mm. and not everyone will like you, you will be good, especially in ministry when you're around people all the time. Mm. And I think that's that's important, even in, in friendships that we desire to have a connection with people, period. Um, but people are people. I'm imperfect. Y'all are imperfect. And so it's important to recognize that not everyone is like you. And uh, yeah, the other one maybe doesn't really talk much about friendship. Not everyone will like you. But but what comes to mind when you asked that question, Taylor, was the verse um, that says that love... Uh, love uh, overlooks a, a series of sins. Love covers over a multitude of sins. So when you love someone, when you are truly uh, for someone, when you want the best for someone, um, those little things that may bother us should be put into perspective. Um, and what happens, I think, too often is that we are we we encounter so many of those little things, and so then they pile up, and it's all of those little things that end up becoming a big thing. Another thing that we don't do very well is confront. We don't, you know, that, that's another point I know, but <laughs> we're not candid. Uh, uh, we're not real and honest with with one another. And I think if we were a little bit more direct, well, we'd recognize that 
we are good with mm. with one another. It just takes communication. Mm. Yeah, that uh, the verse about counting for God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them and us doing that in relationships. I, every time there is sin or like a rubbing, even like just rubbing each other the wrong way, I see how easy that distance is, seems like the easiest answer, you know, like, oh, I just need to, I can't be close with that person anymore because of hurt or this thing that's bothering me and how the idea to care, you know, locally and personally, like going in, I think it's, I can't remember the quote, probably Sean said it, but that it's way harder to hold things against other people when you move in to their lives, you know, like when you care more and go in closer with them, it's so much harder to, like you said, count that sin. It puts it in perspective. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Jose, you already got into candid just a little bit here, just being authentic and real uh, with one another. And I love how you tied in Ephesians 4 here, speaking the truth in love and how there is that that balance that's, I feel like, hard to do in, in any relationship and especially long-term friendships. Uh, but it is so important to be authentic. There's so much that we could unpack here, both in the sense that it's so rare to be truly authentic and vulnerable with people. But I think more, more importantly, it's just also being honest with... Um, just those closest to us that God's put us around. So what have you seen as far as just both of y'all just in, in the way in which it, it is important to be authentic and just how do you kind of maintain that? Again, this the simple idea of, okay, we know we should be vulnerable. We should we know we should be open with others, but um, but I can also think of so many reasons or things that have happened in my life where I could come up with excuses why not to. So how do you just continue to press on towards vulnerability uh, when maybe your flesh or just your your instinct is to kind of close up? I know that in people around me, when they are honest, like when I really can trust people to be honest, even in the hard things, then I don't have to worry as much about like, are they really telling me the truth, you know, or did they just say like, yes, they'll do this or show up here or, you know, they want to hang out when like, if I can't trust that they're being honest and authentic, but the people that are, it's so much easier to just hold those boundaries. You know, like you said, yes. So I believe that you mean yes, instead of like you said, yes, am I thinking? And I know for me, that's the application. Like, because I see that in people, that's what I want to be. You know, is that people know that when I say yes, that I'll do something or be somewhere that I really want to do that. And my yes means yes, not like a yes, a regretful, you know, or like, I don't really want to do this, but mm -hmm. I feel obligated. So. Yeah, I've learned a lot here because I have, I, in, in a few relationships in my life, I've been a little too candid, <laughs> too confrontational, and um, too vulnerable even. Uh, not only me personally sharing, but me also expecting the other person to be equally as vulnerable. I can think of specifically my relationship with my brother, where I, I have always been, you know, uh, real and honest to the point that it becomes nagging. And, and I think it's a good balance, this speaking the truth in love, because A, um, we want to be honest and, and we want to be, um, you know, candid with people, uh, want, wanting the best for them. But B, it's really important that they feel that love 
that they feel that you are for them. And so it's a give and take. This is what makes relationships so specific and so uh, complicated because it requires good communication. It requires good, um, you know, honesty on both parties to really cultivate this trust, Paulina, that you're talking about. So I think Matthew 18 provides the best solution for us here when Jesus says, uh, if your brother has sinned against you, your brother or sister, go to them directly, go to them right away because we have this tendency to uh, team up with two or three others, gossip, and then, um, you know, talk about that behind someone's back. And then when we go to that person, we're already going, you know, totally armed up with other people that are on our side and, you know, more so on an offensive posture. And we're not even giving that person a chance to change, you know, say, you know, this has been a really hard month or this has been a really hard week and we haven't been able to talk, but I'm dealing with this and this and this and this, which leads to compassion. <laughs> we got one more before that. One more before that. Yeah. I know, it's just, my brain's connecting dots here. I don't wanna, anyway, bottom line is uh, go to that person first. And I think that's the, the part that's important for us. When it when it comes to being candid, um, is is to approach that person and, and talk to that person first. Mm, that's good. That's good. Okay, let's jump jump to commission first, and then uh, then yeah. we'll close out with compassion here. Uh, commission based on uh, verse twenty two of this passage here. Paul and Tychicus were both on mission together, and I just was curious to get y'all's thoughts. Jose, I'd love to get your thoughts first on that. As far as what does this look like practically when it comes to friendships? So, what it look like to be on mission with one another, and then if maybe some of us are in a friendship that we think of that isn't on mission, what does it look like to mm. then become on mission? How does that how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I talked about this yesterday that, you know, you don't need to go across the world. You can just go across the street to be on mission and to care for someone that um, needs something or even ask the question, hey, is there anything that, that you need that, that I can offer offer you? So that's the how. And uh, in a friendship, uh, I think that, that that's something that bonds you to something greater than just meeting each other's needs. Mm-hmm. So um, when, when we are on mission together, that elevates the purpose of, of our friendship. Mm-hmm. We're not just in it to hang out, although you know, that's the secret to ministry, mm-hmm. um, but but it's to glorify Jesus and it's to, to be the light of Christ together, to call each other one up, uh, to spur one another toward love and good deeds. So it's all of those things that, that are important. And yeah, Paul was commissioned by the church in Antioch. I think it's Acts chapter nine or 10 in that, in that, uh, part of the book. And even before then, uh, the disciples and the apostle or the apostles are they're commissioned by Jesus in Acts uh, 1 9, you Acts 1 8, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So commissioned is very, very key here. And I do think that it bonds you in a special way than say, you know, coming uh, together because of a like, something that 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 you that you um, have a similar interest in. Yeah, my first thought and on Sunday morning was about people, friends I have been on mission trips with, like actual, you know, going on a team, going for a purpose. And it really does just change so much about the way you relate, the way you understand each other. Um, But I just keep going back to the purpose part. I really, for me, that makes it really practical because, like, I know if I sit and think of my friendships, I know 
the ones that maybe aren't like Taylor said on mission, you know, it's cause there's not like a purpose. Like we just sometimes have a, like, you know, a yeah. common interest, but there maybe isn't that purpose of why we're even in each other's lives versus the ones that are. And especially I think that shows in hard times, you know, you can see that those like on mission friendships, um, at work in your life versus especially even more when you're going through something hard versus other yeah. times. Yeah. I think about just to, I'll add just even, I think about the passage talking about uh, when you're in war and you're like a soldier and you're just not going to get caught up in the civilian affairs. I think about that same way with friendships too. Like if you're just sitting in front of each other and just staring at each other, you're going to find fault or you're going to find you know, little things become big things quickly. And so I think about when you're both just in battle together, just those things, it really helps. I mean, just in general, personally, it helps me put things in perspective, but I think with friendships too, it just helps being on that same uh, safe wavelength, yeah. wavelength with that. I mean, it's easy. We In church, we talked about grabbing hands and singing Kumbaya, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and there's a place for that. We, we need to do that. Uh, women's encounters coming up, that, that koinonia, that fellowship comes as we share vulnerably, as you share together in, in that time and, and in that space. Uh, and then you look outward, you know? And in this case, again, Tychicus is being sent out. I'm sure it was pretty fun to hang out with Paul. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that really blessed Tychicus big time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the example of, uh, of that where he, he sent out on, on mission to give us this wonderful letter. Yeah, that's great. Let's close out with this last section here on compassion. And uh, there's a lot of things here. I loved kind of the point that you made, Jose, just talking about um, just spending time with Jesus and how that is such a priority and allowing our friendship with Jesus to overflow in the way that we're compassionate and comfort others in the same, the whole concept that we've received comfort so that we can comfort others. And so um, I just love to hear y'all's closing thoughts on just how you've seen that in your life, as well as um, I think compassion fatigue is a real thing, right? As far as just getting tired of maybe doing that over and over. So how do you refill? What does it look like to practically abide with Jesus so you can recharge that tank? Yeah, that's so important. The input is so important in order for you to have a, a good amount of output as you pour out into the people around you. And so I do think spiritually abiding is the key. So getting your identity from the Lord, starting every day with the Lord through prayer, through reading his word, making sure that that's your number one uh, source of um, compassion and, and comfort. Uh, but then there's other things too that that help. We have community groups that serve that purpose. We're not in this alone so that we can have people around us, uh, friendships that, that, that foster that um, comfort. And that is where things like, you know, I play soccer on Sundays with a group of people. I don't know a lot of them. I wouldn't consider them friends, but that's a group that has something uh, in common that, that does activate that comfort. Um, uh, comfort in me. It fills my tank. And, and so from that place, then I'm, I'm ready to really show up to, to those around me. And I'm learning more uh, in this season of my life to do that. But ultimately, it really, it really does come uh, from the Lord. This uh, passage in John 15 is, is, I think, the best passage that talks about. We really can't do anything for Jesus um, if we're not really receiving from Him first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the same way, I think to especially to combat compassion fatigue, just knowing like God does, the Holy Spirit highlights people and relationships and knows that like I'm not supposed to be the savior 
with compassion for everybody in the world, caring for everyone's needs, you know, and that discernment to know like who God has for me to pour into and the friendships he has in different times, um, I feel like really helps because right now with how connected we are worldwide, it's just like huge, the potential for huge compassion fatigue, because I know exactly what's going on on the opposite side of the world. You know, where really I need to like start by tending to the needs of the people that are right next to me first. That's really good. Yeah, that's really good. Jose, we're closing out a message, closing out a whole series, (laughs) a whole book. Love to get your final thoughts as we close it all up. Still Putting my mind together and my thoughts together as I think about these 12 weeks and all that it's taught us, uh, I'm looking at our uh, little recap sheet that, that we passed out on Sunday, and I'm excited to put this on my fridge and to look at it every morning and to remember, uh, first of all, those first three chapters were huge, that were chosen, that He loves us, that when we pray to Him, we rem- we're remembering that uh, He's the hero of our story, of our every single day, and then from that, that flows into how we live our life and, and uh, build up our relationships and become good friends. So, yeah, great series. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you, Pauline, for today. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time. 